So uh, what I'm doing is I'm doing the comparison between uh, the Suntory and these bad boys. This is the Kieran something mm. or other. Oh, the lemon. Yep. Thing, Vodka yeah. soda with natural lemon juice. Um, yeah, sounds good. Comes in at point under 0.5 of a gram of sugar. So that's pretty good for beer. I'm not going to look at the calories because that always makes you sad. Anyway, enough talk about Cameo. Let's get this show on the road. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. How are we doing, everyone? It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Griff here, of course, uh, and the man popping that delicious can of uh, White Russian, I can assume, it, yeah, uh, white is Russian. over there. It's 10.30 in the Tony. morning. Hello, having Griff. A nice, having, having a nice afternoon. What is that? Uh, now, you you'd taught me the term pub squash, which is like a non-alcoholic lemon drink, but now it seems like they're putting alcohol. Yep. In that drink, so what, what, do you, what, what would you call it now that it's got alcohol in it? Delicious, that's what I would call it. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, so these have really popped up in Australia. I, I don't know what you would call them. Of course, the first one that really took the nation by storm was Suntoy uh, minus 196, both in the lemon and grape flavour. Um, do you get the minus 196s? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it comes in two varieties, the 6%, which is available everywhere, and there is a heavier version, which is also delicious, uh, but that's much harder to come by. And the Kieran have brought out, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, their version of it um, with 0.3 of a gram of sugar, 116 calories. They're essentially like a um, vodka lemon drink, Um Solo, which is a soft drink company in Australia, famously brought one out. Solo's the weakest of all of them, only 4.5% alcohol, weakest lemon flavour. Um, I really think these are much better. I know Brookvale, which I think is a Nathan Lyon in print, they have their own version and it's meant to be pretty delicious. These were on special four-pack for 20 bucks, which in Australia is pretty damn good for a 6% Elko Pop drink. Um, really delicious, great on a sunny day. We're at about uh, 24 degrees right now, so it's the perfect drink for today. It does appear, actually, I can get these, by the oh. minus 196. Uh, let's see if I can find them in store. Uh, don't. Okay, that's Washington, D.C. Let's put in my zip code. Do not appear to be any in Vegas. Ah. If I zoom out to California and seem to be too good. Um, uh, it doesn't seem that they, I mean, they say they can use mime in the U.S., but I can't find anywhere where that is true. So I'm not sure, but they have a U.S. website. So they either did or are intending to bring them here. I'm not sure. Yep. Um, so, Tony, uh, this this week was kind of an interesting um, 
sports week here. It started football season, and I wanted to bring this guy up because we brought him up on our show before. But I, as somebody who doesn't really pay attention to American football, I, I really don't. I mean, I don't. I'm not the like sports ball doofus, you know, that yep. guy who's pretend. I, I hate, you know, whatever. I like some of this stuff. I just don't. This it's boring to me. Frankly, it's just mostly what it is. Uh, I would watch the Illini play college football if I had the patience for it, but I'll turn it on for five minutes. I'm like, my God, I can't. I'm just rooting for it. I'll just cheer for him from my phone. It's fine. Yep. But um, we went to the we went over to Corey's, and it, I had found out that apparently Aaron Rodgers left the game after four snaps as his season was over. Yes. So we've, we've talked about this fella before. Uh, did you find this? Where were you at on the scale of funny to, um, you know, um, at, uh apathetic or empathetic in some way well it's not really so much a scale it is it is a graph you got funny up one side mm-hmm. which we and then you've got right. empathetic across the bottom and to say sure. i was in the top top left hand corner was exactly where i was yeah at. sure <laughs> Fuck funny, that guy. very funny no empathy right yeah i agree it <laughs> yeah. was very funny to me um, I, I really could care less. He's going to be a cajillionaire. He'll, he has more money than I'll ever even be able to co- concept in my life. Yeah, I hope Shailene Woodley so takes off. him to court for child support. That's my only hope. But I think she's doing okay yeah. as well. I think she's a bit of a nutbag as well. But the she's idea that you uh, dodge vaccines and then you uh, get brought undone by a basic injury because your body let you down is hysterical because uh, you can't blame the vaccine on that shit because you didn't take it, buddy, because you lied about that stuff. Um, so fuck you, and I, and I hope you never see another snap in the NFL. And fuck the Jets. They're yeah. the most unlikable franchise. Gary V is one of their number one fans, so fuck, fuck Oh, my Jets. God, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, he always Maybe. wants to buy the Jets. This is when he didn't have money. He probably has enough money to buy a minority stake in the Jets right now. Um, they've got ugly colours. They haven't been relevant since I don't know when, uh, since name – Namath, um, Namath, yeah, nineteen in the late sixties. Yeah. yeah, Super Bowl one. I don't think they've been relevant since then. Um, so, so fuck the Jets. Not that I'm a huge Giants guy. For a while, they were my team, but you know me, I always bounce around American teams. I don't really have a team in the NFL. Makes it hard to follow. I've been roped into a um, Vegas million side pot thing. I don't oh, really yeah. know what I'm doing. Um, the entry was paid for me. I really don't care. Uh, I've got no idea how the um, Huskers are doing this year in They're college. And I'm not an anti, like you, not an anti-sports ball guy. You know I'm a big NBA guy. You know I'm a big Aussie rules guy. But I could not give a fuck about the NFL. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter to me. Um, now, did, uh, did you, so you haven't been following any any Nebraska. Did you see, no. did your picks go well? Did your how did your picks go for the first week of the millions contest? <laughs> I don't know. I, I know put that. them in, and and that's it. I I haven't looked at the results. I have to find out where I have to sign back in again. I think it was a CBS um, website. Um, I don't think I did well because like the other guys were talking about how they went two and three and they weren't at the bottom of the table. So um, and and that they study it and it's like you go two for three and you study it. How? How much knowledge can you actually have? It's just a fucking, it's just fucking luck when it comes to like yeah. with so it much money on the line. Early. 
because they're so sharp with those lines. It's the other events that are more interesting um, and the other lines like over-unders and stuff like that where you can actually make a bit of money if you have knowledge. Like, I, I think it's really hard to make money on an NFL season. Well, now there's another league, yeah, and one of your teams actually is in the playoffs here, right? Now was. you've got now was oh no, what happened, Tony? What happened to uh, what happened to St Kilda? Okay, we um, we played on Saturday. I know Brian likes to hear me say the word Saturday, um, and we went in as underdogs, even though we were the team higher on the ladder or higher on the standings depending on what you want to call it. We call it a ladder in Australia. Makes sense when you look at it. Also a table. Table, ladder, standings, standings all the same. Yep. Yeah. So we went in as the home finalist in sixth place. Yeah. And we played okay. the um, Greater Western Sydney Giants. They had their coach replaced during the season uh, and they were on fire towards the back end. They were just too good for us in the end. We we just didn't have the cattle to overcome. It was a high-quality game. We um, ended up losing by about uh, 30 points, but with the AFL margins the way they go, um, I actually didn't look at the final margin. We got to within three goals, um, and it was a competitive game. We didn't get blown off the park. For a team that was meant to finish in the bottom four of a competition of 18 to make it into the, the top eight was a fair effort. Pretty good. So who's our last four? Who do you like in the last four? Well, it looks like we got... This is the interesting yep. thing. It's actually the last six. So one plays four in the first week of the finals. One plays four, two plays three. Whoever wins okay. out of that gets the week off and the losers play the winner, winners from the bottom half of the draw. So um, I better put my iPad on silence. Sorry, people, if you heard that ding. Or whatever. That was the doorbell. So um, five plays eight. And six plays seven, and then it would be um, – so I think it's uh, Greater Western Sydney are now playing um, Melbourne. And, it's like Port Adelaide on Saturday. Oh, sorry, Port Adelaide. And Melbourne are playing Carlton. Um, so, got it. So from now on, it's pure elimination. So whoever wins out of those – goes on to play those top two teams, which are Collingwood and Brisbane. So there are six teams left, those being Carlton, GWS. They're the two outsiders at this point. Um, they finished outside the top four. Uh, Port Adelaide and Melbourne, they've both lost the finals. Port Adelaide lost it fairly badly. They're probably the team in the most amount of trouble. Um, it could, could potentially go out in straight sets. And the winner, I think, this year will probably come from the top two um, I really don't like to say that Collingwood are the favourites because everybody hates fucking Collingwood, but uh, it's looking like the Magpies are the favourites this year. They're playing pretty good fucking football under Craig McRae. Oh, they're from Melbourne. Yes, okay. just because they're from Melbourne. Because this used to be a Melbourne-only competition. and like, Right, no, most of the teams are from that are from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah 12 Makes of the... Sense. 18 teams, I think. Oh, it might not be that many. It might be 10. Um, but, yeah, everybody, unless you're a Collingwood supporter, hates fucking Collingwood. They're like the Dallas Cowboys of – everybody hates uh, no. the Cowboys, right? If you're not a Cowboys supporter. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, generally, everyone who hates the cow, everyone who doesn't like the Cowboys, really does dislike the Cowboys a lot. So, yep. Um, Is there a team that I think that's if you fair. don't support them, everybody roots against them? Is there a team in American Ooh. sport? Uh, I, I guess I would say it's like the Yankees. The Yankees, okay, the, yeah, yeah. That's a good analogy because Collingwood are the biggest club in the nation. They're fucking huge. Yeah. Um, and they try to lord it over everybody and try to, yeah. And their ex-president's a dick. Um, nobody really no. likes them. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that right, well, guy. We'll, we'll, we'll root against them, yep. I guess. Uh, but they're playing entertaining so. football. Here's the thing. When they used to play average football, now they play this, like, chaos ball. It's kind of like Ange ball for Aussie rules. It's like just get the ball moving forward at all costs, short, short passes, ball control, press hard, move it fast, move it to wherever you need to. Um, it's actually an interesting to watch. It's not like um, Sydney of the old days, stoppage after stoppage after stoppage. Even St Kilda, to some extent, we don't have the firepower up front, so we play a not a super attractive brand of footy, but Collingwood do. Boy, these bottom two teams must have been really bad. Oh, they were these, they, they were fighting yeah. out for the number one draft pick and it came down to the last round of football where North Melbourne got a win and have lost the number one draft pick. Oh, um, no. They did the Lovey Smith. Oh, yeah. no. But North Melbourne have been down there for a long time. They've really struggled. They have been in deep, deep shit. Uh, West Coast, however, were in the finals a couple of years ago, uh, ran close in a grand final two or three years ago and have just fallen in a, in a heap. But they're another team that nobody really likes because um, they're from Western Australia and they were the first team from Western Australia. So that state really focuses on them and ignores the other team being Fremantle. Um, yeah, and, and they're arrogant supporters as well. Same with the Adelaide Crows. It's like if you're going to support a team from South Australia, it's going to be Power or WA, it's going to be Fremantle, so... Oh my god! This team. There's a team that plays in the Marvel Stadium. That'd be oh some killer. God. We share venues, <laughs> so uh, there's only a handful of clubs that have their own stadium. Geelong has their own yeah. stadium. Sydney, yeah, Greater Western Sydney, um, Brisbane, and Gold Coast have their own stadiums, but everybody else shares stadiums. So the two. Per- Those are just amazing naming rights to to have. Yep. Is Marvel like and it's and you're like okay what is that that must be some other thing no it's the fucking superheroes. Yep. It's, it's su- the goddamn it's it's the goddamn Dem- Spider-Man. Yep, and the Iron Man. Um, Iron Man's yep. <laughs> um, on the inside. <laughs> Jesus. It's fucking crazy. All right, the Marvel Stadium. Yeah. Can't wait to lay eyes on that thing. It's oh, yeah, be you, awesome. You, when you come into Southern Cross via the Sky Bus, um, Marvel's right there. So our major transport hub, like Marvel's like 400 metre walk from the train station. Cotton still hasn't sold their naming rights, and I would absolutely kill for them to have something goofy like that. Like, you know, whatever. I don't know, the DC Stadium or uh, <laughs> uh, fucking Cartoon Network Arena or some shit. That'd be, that's just so good to me. Uh, a- I know it sucks because then you have to go to the place, but it's just a really funny thing to be called like the Google or something like that. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's just Yeah, it, it gets confusing though because, okay, the stadium – in Perth is now Optus Stadium. But back in the day when uh, the Melbourne teams played at smaller venues, the team called Carlton used to play there 
a few of their games. Um, it was originally known as Princess Park before we had um, naming rights sponsors, but it was Optus Oval, and now we've got Optus Oval versus Optus Stadium and Amy Park versus Amy Stadium. It really gets confusing. Um, and you will see a lot of Melbourne sports ball um, complexes very, very close to the city because after the final... 15-minute walk and I was back in the CBD from the MCG. The MCG hasn't got a naming rights sponsor, probably never will. It's kind of like your Wembley or I don't know whether there's a US stadium that doesn't have naming rights, maybe the Coliseum or Madison Square Garden um, that doesn't have a naming rights sponsor that's big enough as a brand. I mean, Madison Madison Square Garden has it from the company that they're owned by, which is the Madison Square Garden Company. So they'll never sell it now. But probably for years before that, it wasn't. Um, my favorite is when is people that don't think Wrigley Field has naming rights. I'm like, well, maybe not anymore. Just but chew it was on really that one for a second, first. people. Right. Just yeah, chew exactly. on that. <laughs> right. Um, that's cool, Tony. Well, it's funny. I was just in Florida where they have such funny stadium names as uh, Hard Rock Stadium or whatever, at, uh, which is what... Joe Robbie Stadium is now called, and um, that's where they race the F ones around that stadium. Is that really? Oh, yep. Yeah, there you go. Um, but man, uh, it was fucking humid as hell there. Had a lovely time sweating nice. for four days. Lose a bit of weight. Um, we'll just sweat it out. Nah, I'm still a big fat fucker. It's fine. No, the um, it was it was good, but it is just it is warm. Uh, had some interesting beers. I can't wait to talk about my beers I had in the lager and beer of the week segment. Um, but definitely had some good stuff. Hit up one of our favorite breweries, which is Ceremony in Benita Springs, which had a really ambitious beer list. And uh, let me see if I can pull that picture up because I was I was shocked at how ambitious this beer list was for this particular area, which is an area where... Um, I would say beer is an afterthought and has been for yep. a long time. But they had, uh, I mean, not all these I'm into, but they had a Kolsch. They had a rice lager. Uh, they had an Oktoberfest. They had a smoked Baltic porter. They had a Hef. They had a New England. They had an Ambrosia sour. They had oh. a PB&J sour. Mm. And they had a hop water with hibiscus and passion fruit. So I thought pretty pretty ambitious beer yeah. list for for uh, you know some little brewery with a bunch of elderly people in it from Benita Springs. So pretty good there. Where do you stand on the hot water thing? I'm I'm not really a fan. I've never had one that I can really say. Oh, that's an improvement over like flavored seltzer or. No, I haven't had anything that really. It doesn't. I mean, it 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 kind of is a half-assed version of everything. So I don't really get the flavor of hops that I want, and I don't really get the taste of water that would be useful to me. Um, I would rather just have squeeze a lime in there. I'm fine, you know. Squeeze some lime in there. Maybe I sometimes I put a little bitters in there. You know, Um, that's nice to me. But uh, that's enough for me. I don't. I don't need a bunch of other stuff in there. Seems like a waste of hops. Yeah, it does. To me, it gets none of the real qualities that you get out of hops. And hops can become not single note, but they're they're not as rounded as, say, the fruit that they remind you of in beer when you've got that malt backbone. Yeah, it didn't. That stuff doesn't quite sing to me. Um, I'll just, I'll just, whatever, take the normal, normal flavor. (laughs) 
But uh, did have some good good ass pizza, Tony. Um, you know, I like good ass pizza. There. I thought this my place might have to interest you. It's called Mister O One Extraordinary Pizza. We spoke about it last week on the show, and I was aware. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were looking at this menu. Yeah, yeah. This place was excellent, actually. I was very happy with this. Uh, I was actually surprised. We did get the coffee, the coffee Paolo, um, nice. with the coffee dusting, which was delicious. Um, I, I got to be honest, I was surprised with how thin the crust was. It was insanely thin dough or crust. Um, now, even though seventy-two ninety-six hours nice, naturally fermented, I don't know. Yeah, was it? A, was there a nice corniche around the outside? Nice sort of crown, or did it go all the way to uh, the edge? No, yeah, no, there is a little, like, hold. you could hold, there's something to hold on to. Yeah, that's edge. all you should have. It should be almost paper thin and see-through and then have a good yeah. handle. And you should have to flick it, if you're going to eat it with your hand, sort of flick it, flick the point back and, and do the fold. Kind of a an alteration on the New York fold, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was fine with it. It tasted wonderful. That, pe- that pizza, the ingredients on there were insanely good. The spicy calabrese on there was stupid good and the nice little honey that's over the top too with the coffee a plus so i really enjoyed that uh we did not get the nutella pizza um i know too much couldn't do it but uh that place is good so if you're in florida uh and you haven't um you know either been attacked by neo-nazis or tripped on a, a Mickey ears or something and you're fine and you can check this place out. It has a bunch of locations all the way across Florida and a couple in Texas. So lucky you if you're in where, Dallas. Oh, damn. Or our listeners in Riyadh. So all our listeners in Riyadh, give it a shot if you if you guys want to check Isn't out. that in it. the Middle East? Yeah, I don't know. That's fine. Isn't that Riyadh, Palestine? Um, Riyadh, that's Saudi Arabia, I believe. Oh, Saudi Arabia, that's right. Yeah. That's fine over there. There's nothing to worry about over there. No, no, no sports Uh, washing to go on there. Nothing going on with golf or anything or Newcastle or any of that stuff. Or Formula One. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they got a hand in there, too. Yeah, we never hear anything about Aramco. Nah, nah. Why don't we move on from this psycho babble and see what's going on in the Discord, huh? Nick Torque, Nick Torque, uh, listing showing up the uh, the current Aldi Oktoberfest offering. So we have uh, half liter kegs of Polliner Hefeweiss, Polliner Munich Hill. That's fine. That's not really probably specific for Oktoberfest. Uh, ooh, they have some dry Riesling, some German Riesling. You can get your hands on. Lovely. We have the Hofbrau Oktoberfest beer. So I'm thinking that is the not the Merzen, the but the Hellesbach. Yeah, thing, I guess. I'm guessing it would be. We got the Polliner non-alcoholic Weiss beer, and we got some Hofbrau six packs and Hofbrau Hef six packs. So Tony, it's a little. I think Nick's right. It's a lim- little bit of a limited effort this year from. Yeah. From all, all the- they seem to go um, either over the top or they keep it pretty thin, and this year they've. They've kept it pretty thin, that's for sure. Four ninety nine uh, for a, for a 
500 mils is not bad, though. That is a bargain. You can get some bargain German beers in Aldi. That's where I shop for my German bargain beer. Pretty good. Yep. Um, all right. We had some uh, we had some drinking going on this week. We had... Um, oh, man. Let's get up here. Uh, Max Allotment with the Carlton Peitsche. An uber pale pills with an interesting sour malt twang framed by a gentle tetanang hop finish. Absolute banger. It looks clear as a bone. This is, yeah. I love that glass, Max. Amazing Max, glass. For the glass is so good. Yep. And you said, uh, it, to, well, it sounded like me, like you said Carlton, but it's actually Carton. Sorry, Carton. It's not Carlton, like uh, whatever so his name been. is. Antonio Ribeiro. Uh, that feller. No, I, I was um, thinking of uh, the Australian brand Carlton and United that have all the shit be like Great Northern. Sure, yeah. Carlton I was thinking Rock. of the guy from French, French Prince, French Fresh Prince, the French Prince that does the uh, um, right that guy. Uh, Nick Torque out there with some unseasonably warm Melbourne weather. Weather, weather. Boy, I am really struggling today. Well, it's turning nice Nick. out. He was camping. There's some donkeys out there drinking some New England IPA. Yep, looks good. It does. I don't know whether I've got seen a brand. Um, and he's, he's got the Aldi knockoff instant cooler. easy up style tent. Okay, that's cool. Maybe I'm into camping. <laughs> W2's back out here with a Maplewood Goldfinger Kolsch collab. I'm sure that is fire. Um, looks like he's at the Beer Temple, too, an amazing beer shop. I'm going to toast that. Uh, Max uh, at the uh, – where is this? Neshimini Creek. Creek Brewing in a gritty area of northeast Philly. This is a, a clean lager. Uh, oh, it's a Keller beer, so it looks great. Let's look at this menu. A huge menu of beers, Tony. Oh, man. Uh, they got some pumpkin on here. I see some rice lager. I see some Merzen lager. Dunkel. Damn right. That's a hell of a tap list. Nice listen. Nice looking draft list from this place. So that's cool. Oh, and I posted a picture of this draft list from Ceremony. So give it a give it a once over if you if you like. And t- hey, tell me what you would get off of this list. I think most of us uh, would try the smoked Baltic porter, which was nice. Their Oktoberfest beer was was quite good, though. I'll, I'll throw that out there. Um, got some more recommendations from the gang for Australia. I appreciate that. PMAC putting up his, like, full dock of recommendations for the area where we're going to be staying in Sydney. Um, we have a I, – I should share it up there. We have a whole Google map going where we have all kinds of places, like, bookmarked and and – dotted and grouped up by different things so and types of things so um we'll be uh well i'll share that up he also recommended point so we're coming in on two months so it's coming up uh he also put up these uh these are called shapes are not shapes chicken parm flavored shapes okay this is like a is this a cracker yeah so it's essentially like an adult version of goldfish shapes are Fucking delicious. Everybody has their own flavour. Some people like uh, chicken crimpy. Those people are wrong. Some people like pizza. They're less wrong. Some people like Vegemite shapes. You're doing it just because you think it's cool. Everybody knows that the God flavour 
the OG is barbecue shapes. They're cut in a um, octagonal shape. I think it's octagonal. Oh, no, it might be hexagonal shape. Um, they're delicious. They bring out limited edition flavours from time to time. They've brought out a chicken palm flavour. So I think we definitely need to find a box of those in the local supermarket. I got you another limited edition flavour of chips. Uh, the only thing is you might have to be hauling those chips back to America because I hear somebody is very interested in trying some of the Australian food, a co-host of mine, on another show. Um, but shapes are delicious. Anybody who says they don't like it, a, a shape is wrong. Uh, they're better than Cheez-Its for the most part, uh, especially a barbecue shape, which doesn't have any barbecue flavour on it. It's just paprika and, and green fake herbs. Sure. It's delicious. I mean, that's mostly bar. bar I'm, I, I'm not sure barbecue flavor here is really much different than that. I think it's like paprika and chili powder and salt. I don't know. Um, so Nick comes in here and says that Bridge Road Brewers will be opening their new East Brunswick venue later this month. I'll have to look up where that means, but I will add it to my East Brunswick list. is in the inner city of Melbourne, so... Um, oh, that's easy. Yeah, that we can get to that via tram and an Uber. Um, there's a lot of stuff in, in Brunswick proper, so, yeah, that'll be easy to get he to. Also, he also points out that the Fox Friday, who we talked about last week, could, oh, God, should have their new brewery or their new place open by then with the former head brewer from Deeds. So that's probably a good sign that they're going to have somebody hitting the target at least on good beer. Yep. And this one's a definite, Tony. La Serene will be opening their new location in October. Banger. And that is a absolute uh, number one we'll have to hit. So we'll have yep. – this will be great because then I'll have hit Wildflower in the uh, in Merrickville and La Serene down in, in Melbourne. So that's going to be a – that's a win. Yep. So, all season, all the time. Yeah. So East Brunswick is kind of a, just a little bit west of like – Carwin Cellars in Thornbury and Northcote, if you know Melbourne. Sure. Okay. It's directly well, north yeah. of uh, Melbourne really, CBD. Okay. Hey, great, because that's where I'm staying, so easy we're, peasy. Whereabouts are you staying? What suburb? Uh, we're not in a – are we in a suburb? Oh, you uh, in the CBD? We are, yeah. We're, I think we are. We're at the Double Tree on Flinders. Oh, yeah. Overlooking Flinders Street Station. Yep, I know where you are. Could be oh. a bit noisy there, but should be right. Great spot. Um, lots of activity going on there for because of the uh, the tunnel, because we're putting in five new train stations in Melbourne, so we're putting in a new underground. So lots of development I'm going on. I'm sure it'll be CBD. busy over there, but it'll yeah. be easy to get almost oh. everywhere from there, I feel like, yeah. Fucking oath. The Beer Deluxe is just over the road. You can just grab a Hell yeah. a, a pint at midnight. Um, so that's that sounds like it's good. For you. Sounds like something to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um what else, Tony? Uh we've got I think that might be Oh no, we got a little more. We've got a Corey uh with um he Corey looked up the beer ice situation for us. Yep. So um the Heineken beer ice thing, uh I had asked for some physics. <laughs> um but uh Frozen beer is colder than frozen water. He did validate that for us and uh, would take longer to melt. Uh, does not know how much longer. Um, yeah, it was he not. He did ask AI it was to not, tell us that. Yeah. 
It wasn't an issue that um, alcohol freezes lower, but they had this proprietary freezing technique that made ice um, freeze colder and longer, if you remember from the actual press release. It wasn't just that it was alcohol. They had this proprietary freezing technique. Yeah, and it does sound like marketing speak, and I think Corey's right that there is a lot of marketing yep. uh, uh, jargon in there that is really not meaningful in any way. It's probably, it'll probably last, you know, an extra 20 minutes than an ice cube would, would be my guess, for the size. But there is a lot of surface area on that thing. Yeah, um, that was the other thing. Because of the star shape. Yep. So I would think it might, it might felt a little, the size might be evened out by the surface area. You know, like, you know how everybody likes the big whiskey ball, you know, you get the, get the whiskey glass with the big cube or the big ass round the yeah. reason they do that right is because it's less less, it's less surface, surface area yeah it'll and melt slower and it makes a difference and because people like people love getting hit in the nose with it while they drink they like when it yep. bounces into their fucking nose and their nose starts bleeding while they're drinking it's yeah. always fun it's a it's a good time for everybody <laughs> it's the best i love that thing bouncing up against my face every time i try to sick take a sip um who doesn't love but, getting uh, teabagged by something super hard when they're just trying to enjoy a drink? And, and it almost breaks nice. your nose. It's that, it's that heavy at times. Yeah. And I'm brittle boned, you know. This thing, these things could take me out at oh, any time. Of course. I didn't even think about your, your brittle bone issue. It's a wonder you're just... still alive. Like, as much as we talk about <laughs> me being lucky to be alive, you've got like a mechanical heart. You got brittle bones. I look. I look. And I look more. So uh, like, I look more able, but uh, I am. Yeah, any. You know, I have to take a Pez to stay alive every night, just so everybody knows. So, it's, I mean, and and that's almost a joke. Um. All right, Tony. That's enough Discord for today. I think. Um. Why don't we move on to the logger of the week? Griff's logger. So my Griff Slugger of the Week is Pure Pills from Phillip Island Brewing Company, a bog-standard Australian craft lager. Wouldn't go onto my top five or even top ten list, uh, but not particularly flabby. Uh, it's Pure Pilsner by Phillip Island Brewing Company. Griff, what is your lager slash anti-lager of the week? I got to go with the lager of the week first. I had a great lager. It was the Oktoberfest from Ceremony. Hang on, down the middle, tasty uh, Oktoberfest beer. You know I love those things, Tony. I love this style. When somebody hits it right, I'm even more on your side. You know, looks sound tasted like it had been conditioned for quite a while. Great flavor. Um, I had their Kolsch too, which also tasted good, but the the Oktoberfest really hit it out of the park. We got to get a sound for Lager of the Week that's just the Lager of the Week drop but played backwards or something <laughs> like it's the I like it fucking it. sounds like Reverse. demon music or something Paul is uh, dead but right exactly <laughs> but um i do have to go through uh griff's we have griff's anti-logger of the week we don't always get to pull these out but tony i had the flabbiest worst american adjunct logger i have had in a long time and no it wasn't bud light no it was not a it was not a macro, you know, because you can always count on those. You know, these usually don't come out 
they're not flabby. They're not they taste flabby. like what not they good, taste like. No. Yeah, they taste like water. Well, they taste like bad water in the case of Natty Light. Um, this was from Tripping Animals Brewing, and I can't... It was called High Light. Um, uh, I hate to call these guys out. I'm sure they're, you know, making some other good beers. Tripping Animals in um, the Miami area. Uh, they did this with Highland Park, which is actually a great brewery in L.A. Yep. And it's an American light adjunct lager. And there were two things working against this. It, number one, it just doesn't taste great, right? It, it's too sweet. There's something, yep. there's something flabby hanging around on this thing that just didn't work. Um, so put this in a normal glass, and that's a that's a teaser for you. And it's going to be, you know, you're not you're not going to love it. But uh, add on top of this, we're at this place, and I like, and this place is nice. It is in it is very close to my dad's condo. It's a place called Brookside Market in Naples. Check it out. It's a great beer shop. It's easily the best beer shop in Naples. They have other half cans. They had main lunch on draft. You know, great for a place like that, just in, in the middle of, of Naples. Wonderful. But this place does serve, they serve their beer in what may have been the strangest container choice I've ever experienced. It was these, I've never seen these before. Tony, maybe you have. They were, you know, Ball, the aluminum can company, the yeah. company that makes, you know, and, and it sponsors the fucking vessels. Denver Nuggets Arena, I That's think, what too. I was about to bring up. Um, <laughs> but uh, they make an aluminum, like, dispose, recyclable aluminum can uh, cup. Oh, like, cool. Like cup you can drink out of. Um. So they pour the so they pour their beers into these cups. They don't use glass glassware. They're pouring their beer into these cups, and I'm like, well, it would be greener if you had a glass. I mean, I don't really whatever. Well, fine, maybe, but maybe not. But what it does allow you to do it's it's especially if you're taking it outside. There's less. I know it's not eliminating it completely, but you don't have as much uh, light struck beer if you're taking it out to a patio right. or, or an outside area. Sure, fine. Uh, that's okay. Um, but this thing had a distinct aluminum taste that really did not help this beer anyway. <laughs> um, this this beer that was already flabby and had like some off unusual taste to it, adding on the metallic aluminum going into your mouth every time you drink it was not a great topper for it. Um, so apologies to tripping animals, apologies to that place, Brookside, which is again, a lovely beer shop to go to, but, uh, that was a unfortunate drinking experience. Uh, one of the least pleasant loggers I've had all year. I got to say real, Oof. real tough one for them. That's, that's, let's, let's erase not a good sign. Let's, er, let's erase that awful experience by talking about our beers of the week. That's enough today. We've got a jam-packed show. Chris bringing the content today. Uh, for me, uh, had some of, I might have mentioned it earlier, um, Bilson's are starting to do fruit-flavoured beers just like the big macros are doing, but of course they're doing it better because their artificial flavours are better than CUBs. They don't skimp on those artificial flavours. Uh, their Portello beer, which is like a 
It's like a grape flavour, but not like a Welsh's grape flavour. Sort of hard to explain. Uh, was the standout of the, of the two that I had. Nothing that will blow your mind, but not my beer of the week. Um, Phillip Island Brewery, which are a, um, a craft brewery. Again, not a mind-blowing beer. They're, chic- uh, yeah, chicory stout. Um, and I like um, the chicory coffee. Coffee essence, which I think um, New Orleans has a famous chicory coffee. I'm not sure whether it's similar. Um, Cafe du Monde, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the chicory stout from Phillip Island was a, a good bog-standard Australian craft dry Irish stout. Nothing that will blow your socks off, but it was pretty delicious. In a week where I actually tried quite a bit, that was the best of not a bad bunch, but a very average not blow your socks off month or week. Whatever. Time is a concept. Sure. However long it was. Time, yeah, yeah right. Uh, time goes by. You know, these podcasts keep coming out. We keep doing this. Yeah. Uh, the years, the, the days turn into months, turn into years. The Did dozens you, turn into hundreds. It, it just never ends, does it? Yeah, talking about constructs and about money, how it's a construct and everything else. Did you see that shitty Australian businessman um, today saying that uh, the Australian unemployment rate needs to to double or more um, because... Oh, yeah, those guys love... those guys. You know, I, this was funny. I was actually having a discussion about this with um, a, a relatively uneducated discussion with some friends about this, but I did see this. And um, so not to... not I, I won't tell anybody who I work for, but I work for a company that did lay off some people recently, which is many companies. And I will tell you... Oops. I will tell you this about companies laying people off. Nobody lays off people to help the economy. That's <laughs> yes. a funny way for them to try to make make laying off the optics of having a layoff sound like they're doing something good or it's cool to lay people off or they want to just lay people off for fun. Um, they don't mind laying people off. That part they don't care about. Maybe it is fun for some people. I don't know. But companies don't do layoffs because they're helping the economy. They do layoffs because they fucked up. Yep. They made a shitty product that nobody wanted, right? They made fucking the metaverse, or they made a car that everybody hates, or they made a, you know, some piece of shit that nobody wants. And all the people who support that, they can't afford anymore because the thing doesn't work, because they had a horrible, crappy idea, right? Yep. If, if, they had their choice. Guess what they'd rather do? Make a bunch of products everybody likes. And if they have to hire people to support it, they'll do it because they can afford that because they always already hire people at a diminished wage to what the value they produce is, right? So they'd much rather hire more people because they're all getting rich. So you're not going to convince me. I know you, it, you're, you got to get some pub off of that, that guy, but you, didn't, you don't want to lay people off. You'd rather just make more money forever. Yep. Duh! Like, it's like a weird, a, a weird thing that they expect people to believe that they're like, you know, they just want to lay off people. No, they they want to get rich. They well, want to make the thing and get rich. I mean, this douchebag has been a huge thorn in the Australian public side. He was also the dude that said uh, the reason why people can't afford houses in Australia is because they eat too much nineteen dollar um, avo toast. Avocado oh, that's toast. the shit that all kinds of people say, right? Yo, yeah. you had to go to Starbucks to get your mocha choca latte. 
you know, no shit, you can't afford a mortgage or whatever. I love that shit. It's the best. Yeah, yeah but this this ass, ass wipe, um, of course, wasn't a self-made man. Of course, um, no he way. got his None money through his grandfather and um, his boss to buy his first house. So, of course, that right. douchebag isn't a self-made man. There's no such thing as a self-made man. Um, nothing's nothing's funnier to me than that the uh, the symbol of luxury for our generation, Tony. I know that we're an old generation now, but it it's still us. Is vegetables on toast? Yep, <laughs> <laughs> putting putting a vegetable that in Brazil you can pick it off a tree on the street. There's avocados <laughs> growing on the fucking street. You can just take one off and eat it. And that's the symbol of, of modern luxury is spreading that onto a toasted piece of fucking Dave's killer bread. And then somebody's <laughs> holding a gun to my head for that. Fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, love it. Didn't even put butter on this. Jesus. Well, you don't need butter with Evo. Evo's rich enough. You don't. No, I know. Although you can, if you do put butter on it, then you're really being indulgent. Oh, that is, good. especially some organic butter or some cultured you know, butter. It's going all good. Fat. I mean, it's butter's not a bad fat. It's a decent. No, fat. no, it's a good fat. You're good. You know what? Uh, I'm my beer of the week, Tony. To speaking about yeah, what are fat. you making, Tony? Let's hear it. Well, yes. I'm making bacon with some pork belly because I like the American style streaky bacon. But do you know what I'm doing with yeah. the rind? The rind. Oh, yeah. so like, okay. Now, what are you gonna do? I'm boiling it up right now. Then I'll strip it of its fat and meat. Dehydrate it, and then deep fry it. Make my own chicharrones. Oh yeah, great idea. Yeah, some pork skin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Into that, Kelly. Uh, Kelly is not a big chicharron fan. Well, she's wrong in that regard. Um, she's right about birthday cake right. vodka, but wrong about chicharrones, and wrong about. Um, with you, yes, I think you're right. I love them, especially the fresh. Like you get the fresh ones from a place, and they give you a big pile of like. It used to give you something good to dip it into. Yep. Like uh, there's a place here, and actually Kelly likes this, so I should call her on it. That does fried. They do like beef chicharrones, essentially, like a that'd be like cool. a beef thing. But they serve that with their beef tartare. Ooh. You get the beef tartare. You load up. You load nice. up a little fried piece of. Oh, that shit's so good. Um, that goes help. with the best thing I had for a snack. Maybe because it was bagged the day that I ate it. But there's nothing like fresh jerky. I know it's a way of actually preserving a meat, but I had some Mafco beef jerky and it was their best version. Uh, Pete Shanaki out at Newry um, did it. And, uh, yeah, it was – I love some savoury chewing gum. All right. Dude, I'm into that. I like jerky. I've been eating them chomps, like meat sticks. Those are good oh, yeah. too. Like a fancy. I love it. Jim. Love a shelf-stable meat stick. It's magic how they do so, it. Delicious. Let me throw out my let me throw out my beer of the week here because yeah. this is a good one. Um, so I think we I don't know if we really talked about it, but the feller um, Alex Kidd, who does the Don't Drink Beers uh, blog and podcast, hugely influential beer personality, recently got diagnosed with cancer, um, and uh, very influential person in the beer world, sort of an irreverent one of the first people who decided to take a irreverent look at the weird fucking nature of beer, which I think was much overdue. And uh, many breweries have made beers for him, with him, uh, to support him. 
uh, support the cost of his treatment, everything. And this was a big one. I managed to get my hands on this one from Tavor. Thank you to Tavor for helping me get close to this because uh, it was lovely. This was a uh, collaborative effort, barrel-aged English barley wine uh, between the Vale uh, of Virginia, Side Project, Other Half, Monkish from L.A., Trillium, and Evil Twin New York City. Fucking all made this monsters. beer together. Absolutely, it's all. Um, well, all, I mean, each that one selected in like each one selected their their oldest barley wine um, in uh, barrels aging from ten to thirty seven months. <laughs> so there you go. I don't mean monsters as in like their bosses are like sexual assault monsters. I mean like these are like monster breweries that everybody yeah. sort of knows that are that are always up. I don't there think any of these. Are, Sexual assault monsters, to no. our knowledge, yet. So I think we dodged. There's no tired hands or hill farmstead in the mix here. <laughs> um, I no, this one came in at fifteen point. This one came in at fifteen point two. Uh, it was straight, straight up excellent barley wine. Uh, for once, a, the the cuvee of all those uh, barley wines happens to turn out lovely. I'm sure some of them dominated in nature. Um, you know, you get, yep. but all these breweries do make lovely barley wine, so I'm not surprised by that. 15.2%. Uh, Tony, I, I five starred this, has 265 ratings. What do you, what do you think of this pulls down number wise? Uh, 4.52. I think it's a monster. You almost made it. It's 4.67 right now on the 265 ratings. Yeah, it did. You said five two. You're you're a little more than a tenth off. Uh, six seven, four point six oh. seven, four point oh. five two. Okay, yep. Sorry, my confusion. But hey, in the ballpark. I thought you said four um, seven, not not six seven. You, here's a feller drinking, just drinking an entire, like drinking a pint of this. Poured poured this as a pint. <laughs> Taking this sucker down. Uh, I, I shared this with four other, five other people, so um, did not give me a headache, but it was extremely good. So that's that's a winner for the beer of the week this week. Tony, how about we jump over? I got some good. I think I got some half interesting hyper yep. beer dork shit news this week. And just a note before we get into it, we're moving the second story to be the last story because I have some some math that I want to throw at you. Hyper beer and dork shit news. All right. That sounds good. I'm ready for the math. Let's go for the first one here. This is just a, a good old. I couldn't tell if this was a rebrand or just a new beer. Maybe it's a maybe it's a rebrand or, may, or maybe it is a brand new beer actually. But um, we've seen a lot of this in the beer area. Uh, beer area. The beer <laughs> market is these uh, big breweries are latching on to their popular brands and and making more of them. We saw the Two Hearted Pack. Yep. Uh, we've seen the little thing. We've seen the Voodoo Ranger, Voodoo Ranger. stuff, right? Um, uh, Bells is in on that again with an Oberon, year-round Oberon situation here. So Oberon Ale, always a big deal. Oberon Day is an unofficial Michigan holiday every March that Oberon <laughs> Day or Oberon comes out. But uh, now we have a... Uh, a winter Oberon coming out from Bell's. This is the Oberon Eclipse Citrus Wheat. And this is going to be a 
So a wheat beer, but this is going to incorporate orange and coriander flavors into it in a slightly bigger package. This is going to be 6.3%. Um, so this, uh, this does seem to have a slight direct hit to the Blue Moon. Yep. With the moon set up on there. Now I know that Oberon is the sun and we got the moon here, but still... And you know what they're doing with Eclipse, you know. right? I, I haven't looked it up, but being a um, lion company, which is Australian-owned, um, I'm guessing that they're going to, and they say orange flavours, they're going to be using the Eclipse hop in that, that beer to give you the orange flavour. So therefore you get the Oberon Eclipse Blue Moon. It, it's perfect. I think they will have some, I mean, they are purposely calling it a citrus wheat. So I do wonder if they're not going to have some citrus in there. I, I, but um, you could could be right. Um, why not? I think this will be nice. I, I would absolutely try this. You guys know I like Bells. Bells is reliable, delivers reliably. Like Sierra Nevada, right? Like all those breweries, we like the big ones. Yep. Uh, Sierra Nevada give you a good beer every time. Bells give you a good beer every time. No reason to think this won't taste perfectly delicious. Now, the thing I wanted to bring up here yes. is that I, in my fucking um, spectrum uh, memory, uh, recalled that Bells, for many, many, many years, maybe every year up until this one, used to make a winter seasonal. And that beer was, I always thought, very interesting for them to make because it was a winter white ale. Um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. They're making a wheat beer for the winter. So I, they don't say that they're using any citrus in it. It says, you know, if you look at the description of the winter white ale, it says it's Belgian ale yeast, uh, clove and fruity aromas. So, you know, that's different. It's probably a different beer, but I just think it's funny that they've come up to another seasonal and ended up with a very similar yeah, concept. There's no adjuncts uh, in the this winter one. winter white ale, which is good. In yeah, the exactly. Eclipse so. of, on their website, and there's there's no adjunct of fruit. The ingredients of water, malt, hops. Uh, yeah. So, don't know how they're doing it. Maybe it is. Yeast. Maybe it is a, a twist on the winter white ale. I reckon it could be on with, the days of eight days of old, which would, again was a, was a lovely thing to drink. Yep. Um, I would guess this one might end up being a bit more spicy. Would be what they're going for. Does have a little more alcohol punch at six point three. Um, hey, my ass will be trying this. I'm sure it'll be nice, especially here in Vegas where it's, it's still going to be warm. I, I won't have any issue drinking this thing. Gee, how many um, things can you put it in? Available in twelve ounce bottles and and um, in six and twelve packs, four ounce packs of twelve ounce cans, six and twelve. Packs of twelve ounce cans. The packaging is a lot. So we have yeah, okay, sixteen so ounce. Six and we have twelve ounce cans. They're doing six and twelve packs of those. We're doing twelve ounce bottles. They're doing six and twelve packs of those. They're doing tall boy cans, sixteen ounce cans in four packs. They're doing the the gas station caddy can, which is like the um, nineteen point two ounce yep. can and draft. 49 states for Bells. That's pretty good. Yeah. They're in 49 states. And a 12-pack um, uh, that's a variety pack. Don't know what's in the variety is, pack, but, uh, yeah. It'll be an Oberon. I'm guessing it'll be some kind of Oberon. Well, no, it'll probably be their mix pack right now, actually. It'll be yep. like Oberon Two-Hearted and shit like that. Yep. 
Because. Oh, it'll be a part of no. It's their latest seasonal variety pack. It says Two Hearted, Big Hearted, Best Brown, and Oberon Eclipse. Best Brown is super good. Um, there you go. So new new Oberon. Give it a shot. I'm sure it's good. Um, okay. So you wanted to move on to the third story. I did. For this, yeah. So let's do that. So Tony, this this one really got me. You know. I have recently developed a fascination with these fake market reports. Yep. Um, and this one, I once I saw the name of the group it came from, my ass was all over it. <laughs> this is the story is 2023 craft beer market is booming worldwide. Exclusive report as of today, 7.05 a.m. Uh, this is from our friends over at Benzinga. <laughs> You know, I love the guys over at Benzinga. Oh, they are great dudes. Um, Been around for years. The recently published craft beer market report 2020-2023, spanning 121 pages, offers a comprehensive overview of the market's current state volume and market share. Um, this says the global craft beer market size was valued at USD 68596.2 million. <laughs> In 2022, we expected to expand at a CAGR of 11.23 during the forecast period, reaching a USD of 129939.06 million by 2028. That 0.06 million is important. That's really going to come down to a decimal figure there. Is that 129 billion? Is that what they're saying? Yep, 129 billion. It's going to go from sixty-eight and a half million this year, grow by twelve percent every twenty twenty-eight to that well, compounded, up. yeah, but and then grow to one hundred and twenty-nine billion. So it's almost doubling, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who needs bet? Who need? Who goes to their boss? We were talking about this on the Discord. Who can? Who can go to their boss with a straight face? And say, A, what I just said. Dude, the craft beer market's going to double in the next six years. Ignore everything else. And then, B, I, I learned this from Benzinga. Yes. Benzinga told me. <laughs> I'm glad I well, but this is the thing that got me actually um, ducking through this uh, report. Okay. Key industry players in the craft beer market, you know what how you do to get that on chat GBT. And you know how it pulls up random breweries. So we got Sierra sure. Nevada, no complaints. Uh, they're good. New Belgium. It's a good one. Boston Beer Company. Um, DG, uh, Yingling and Son, Bell's Brewery. Right. And this one gets me, Stone and Wood, <laughs> who just got sold sure. in Australia. Um, that they're, they're like yep. famous for the Pacific Ale, which means it was done by AI. And then we go into Van Purr. Do you know who Van Purr sure is? Yeah. Suntory is on Suntory, Lagunitas. Um, isn't... Um, Brinus. Brinus is a brewery that's owned by Molson Coors, I think. <laughs> and then it's got Molson Coors, Kieran, Heineken, Asahi Group Holdings, Anheuser-Busch, InBev. Um, Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was definitely done by AI. It might not have been done by ChatGPT, being 121 pages. That may have been over the character limit, but there is another AI that 
basically enables you to write War and Peace, and I reckon they might have used that AI. I don't even. I don't. I mean, there is a section of this that just names the continents. Oh, really? For for fuck's sake, you know, it's like craft beer market segmentation by region: North America, Europe, Asia Pacific, South America, (laughs) Middle East. Okay, thanks. Thanks for telling me areas. I don't (laughs) what. It's it's long. It's got, you know, you got. I mean, this you got a bit of Ukraine in there. Uh, risk analysis, just tell us what risk analysis the impact, is. Yeah, the impact of the Russia-Ukraine role, war on the craft beer market. I mean, probably, yeah. I mean, they, they grow wheat out there, right? They grow grain in that part of the world. I know that. Yep. Um, um, some of these headings are God. amazing. Global craft yeah, this is quite- beer margin by player, 2018 to 23. Like, you can't just look up this shit. Like, I'll say this: <laughs> if the size of the craft beer market doubles, yep, in the next six years, I will eat my hat. I will bow down to the god of Benzinga, 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 and Maybe I will. I will. What's that? Maybe it is pronounced Benzinga because it Bazinga, It's the Bazongas. <laughs> yeah, Bazongas. <laughs> Bazinga is what that guy from uh, that show the show about the dorks says i believe big bang theory oh i thought you were going to say um, danny masterson from that 70s show <laughs> he's had a good no, i was going to say this ain't iowa oh uh the uh 100 and if, this, if it's 130 billion dollars that we're selling in two-hearted by 2028 then i'll i'll eat my hat but i I would not. I don't expect growth because we have seen no signs of growth, and everything says contraction. But hey, maybe maybe we'll end up being wrong. Maybe Benzinga will be right. So there you go. I I don't want to like toot our own horn, but I I think we're more accurate than Bazunga. So uh, if you you know what, if you're going to show up with an article called Bazongas, then I'm going to need something better than this. Yep, Bazongas. I'm looking at. Be- if I'm on Bazinga on the internet, I expect better content than this. Yeah, I expect to have to put in my um, social security number if I'm in Utah. Right. That's right. All right, so let's do this last story, Tony. You said you had some stats on this. I had some math, not stats. Uh, I'll, I'll admit it's this is more that we, we've talked about these, these guys more than I ever thought we would, so maybe they've approved us wrong already. Um, by continuing to exist in whatever fashion it is they seem to exist. This is from Fox News. I know it's from Fox News. Ultra-right beer, and that's capitalized, so that's the company, ultra-right beer, vows to fight the communists in Georgia. Limited edition can featuring Trump mugshot. Limited edition six-packs will be available online for two weeks or less at a price of $25 $25 plus shipping, thus making it far more expensive than a four-pack of burial <laughs> IPA. Yes, and this is what I wanted to uh, speak to you about. What do you think a regular four-pack, regular six-pack, sorry, of ultra-right-wing beer goes for? I mean, isn't it about the same? Isn't it $21 or something like it that? I mean, it's pretty expensive. It's twenty dollars. Okay, yeah. Now this is twenty five dollars for a six pack. Now he's donating ten percent of his profits, 
I have done the maths. That works out to he's donating $2.50 of his profit. Therefore... Wait, though. Tony, does he say profit or does he say revenue? He says sales. So Okay, so that's revenue. Okay, so... Okay, so two dollars fifty. You're right. Yeah. So that is is meaning that his sales price, rather than being twenty dollars, he's actually retaining in his pocket, forgetting all costs, just what he's retaining versus what he's donating, is twenty two fifty for a six pack. Right. He's making more off of this. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's donating ten percent, but he's put his price up by more than ten percent. He's put his price right, up. He's raised by his price by twenty twenty five percent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah I, ju- I just wanted to point out that the grifter's got to keep grifting, um, and I just want to say I could have done a better can art in two minutes in mid journey, and that's because I don't have it on turbo because I wouldn't waste my credits on putting this shit together. But that is a fucking awful version of the Trump Trump mugshot. There's nothing unique about it. Um, it's it it looks like it was done in in Canva on a base template. So let's let's go through some of the stuff he said. So ten percent of the sales generated are are gonna go to are donated to the Georgia Republican Party and the David Schaefer <laughs> Legal Defense <laughs> Fund. Um, so, blah blah blah. Uh, it's, Not an the beer is called the this this beer. I, it's the same beer, but the on the on the um, can it says "Conservative Dad's Revenge," and he and Seth Weathers says it'll become the most collectible beer can in history while helping fund a fight against injustice, and so on and so forth. So nothing nothing out of the ordinary for these guys. Uh, just some more crap. It's some more crap. Uh, it's a different can they got printed. The beer's the same. Yep. The price is still way insane. Like I said, you can get a four-pack of Burial IPA for... Uh, and get drunker. You can just get fucked up, too. Buy a four-pack of Burial IPA. They sell 11% IPA. You can get a four-pack of that for $18. Knock that thing off. Your ass can be done. <laughs> you know, you're You're fucked. You drink all six of these, you might not feel anything. Uh, you probably will, but you know, again, not too bad. You can at least drink half of these without blinking, you know? Yep. Without a doubt. It's nothing. Um, and just to be clear, this is not an endorsement in brackets. Legal BS to make our lawyers happy, close bracket. Uh, use of person's name or likeness is not intended to imply an endorsement of ultra right wing beer by that person. Likewise, a donation to ultra right wing beer to person is not intended to imply an endorsement by the beneficiary uh that is just say this on their website yes this is what it says on their website um god under this will become the most collectible beer can in american history which it won't be uh not even close i mean billy i think i don't even think it allowed to billy beer (laughs) no way it's in trouble this is a great well that's this is an amazing grift. Um, they still are using the same stuff. He hasn't really given us any sales updates in a while. It, it, they're still saying um, it's surpassed a million in sales, gaining over 10,000 customers and selling 20,000 six-packs within the first two weeks of its launch. Um, 
So I don't know if it's a really an immediate hit among beer drinkers anymore. Uh, that was a while ago. I don't know if it matters anymore. No, so there's there's that. But their credit, uh, we thought this would be gone by now, and they've managed to hover around the the periphery. Um, and ended up being featured on such famous podcasts such as ours. So maybe they're the ones really yep. outsmarting us, huh? Um, and and thank you, Aubrey Spadey, for contributing to the Fox News report. That is cool. All right, Tony, I got one last little uh, mini news story I want to tell you about. Mini news. Uh, I'm actually stealing. I'm stealing some. I'm stealing some thunder from down under. On uh, well, <laughs> I'll never be able to steal that. Um, from from maybe another podcast to work on. But this is a little bit of Vegas news. Uh, but there is a massive cyber attack of MGM Resorts. Uh, had some ransomware uh, posted around. And MGM Resorts, all of them. So your MGM Grand, Park MGM, Excalibur, Luxor, Bellagio, some of your biggest resorts. Vegas have been really fighting it. Slot machines just not working at all. Everything hand pay. If you want a dollar out of the machine, you got to get hand paid. Uh, doing manual check-in of hotel guests, lines through the hotel. Uh, it's a goddamn disaster. I love it. Uh, I've been watching some videos of people walking through the casino, uh, going up to these crazy slots and having to get hand-paid like three quarters or whatever. Um, it's a disaster. So they are extremely fucked. Oh, yeah, this includes Cosmo now, Mandalay Bay. Uh, yeah, all your, all your South... South Central Strip, pretty much wiped off the planet over the last few days. But Tony, that got me thinking. Uh, I remembered an old game we did. I saw some crazy fucking slot machines going on out there. Some, you know, I don't know if Station gets all the new, new slot machines these days because uh, I saw some wacky ones over there in these photos from the MGM Grand. So I thought we'd play around this or that. This one is going to be it's a uh, beers. Or slot machines. Plink, plunk, plink, plunk, 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 This or that. All right, Tony. Could we plink, got, we got plunk, a list plink of... be any... Unless we were doing Japanese Plinko machines. It's a pretty good intro to this segment. It's pretty good. I like this one. Tony, I got a list of slot machines here. Some of our newest, fanciest slot machines. And I got a list of beers here, some of our fanciest beers, maybe. Who knows? First one I'm going to give you uh, to guess is called Lords of the Roost. Lords of the Roost. Is this... Uh, oh, just trying to think what that would look like um, as a slot machine. Like I could see it as an Australian slot machine. There used to be an AFL themed or Aussie rules football, not AFL. Didn't have the league's endorsement uh, back in the day. But where you would torpedo a ball and that was called a roost. I could I could see that happening. Could I see a chicken-based slot machine? Actually, I could. I see it more than a beer. Don't think – because I know we've talked about chicken beer in the past or eggs in beer – um, one of the Chicago breweries went to the Jewel and got the chicken to put in the beer. Um, it's microphone, that's right. Yeah. Yep. 
I don't think this is beer. I'm going to say this is a slot machine about chickens or about like a foghorn leghorn adjacent character. So slot machine. Tony's going slot machine. Tony, sadly, this oh. is a beer. No. This is from the aforementioned Burial Beer Company. Uh, in collaboration with Ultimate Beer Works, it is the rare Burial West Coast IPA. Uh, it is uh, a West Coast dry hopped extensively with Cashmere, Nelson, and Galaxy with a small dose of Mosaic. Ooh. Yummy. Yep. like it. Great. Oh, oh, for one, Tony. Let's do another one. Uh, this one is called Buffalo Sunset. Buffalo Sunset. Man, I want to say that's a beer. I could imagine that like being a gosa. I don't know why. But I could also see, because they like to use pastel colours in slot machines. Have you noticed this, Griff? It's all about like calming colours and... and Bright colours. Yep. Lots of Lots of... Activity going on all the time. Yes, yep. they do love that shit. So I'm I'm going to go back to the slot machine well. I don't know what your features and your free spins are in this one. But, yeah, I'm going to say hmm. Buffalo Sunset. It's going to be, like, just that little bit culturally insensitive as well, like you have with most good slot machines. Any bad news? This one is also a beer. <laughs> Son of a uh, bitch. <laughs> It's tough. There are Buffalo. I thought um, I thought this would be tough for you because there are so many Buffalo hot machines. <laughs> yes, there are. Uh, there is a whole series of Buffalo, Buffalo Gold, Buffalo Diamond, Buffalo Chief, Wild Wild Buffalo. Uh, we've got uh, Buffalo, various Chicken. other Buffaloes that I can't see right now. Um, I would love if we had Buffalo Chicken, but there are. Tremendous amount of buffaloes, but unfortunately not Buffalo Sunset. And I checked. So well done. Buffalo Sunset is a beer by Buffalo Bayou Brewing. Uh, it's a the new newly in vogue style, the Black IPA, nine point two percent. This shit, you want to get drunk? That's an Imperial Black IPA. It's coming for you. All right. Next up, this one's called Seduction of the White Peony. That can't be a beer. The white peony, the flower. We talked about bright colours. All the other colours are, are like your lower payouts. Uh, or your peonies are your, like your scatters. Yeah, so this has got to be a slot machine. This is like, this is your female slot machine. Ooh, Flowers. I'm going to put my money in there and then I'll get hand paid out on it. So I'm going to go with slot machine. You're right. This is a slot machine. This yes. is up there in the racism, <laughs> in the, in the racism list. It's a, this a very uh, sexy Asian woman <laughs> is, is there's a lot of flower terminology around it. And I'm, it's, it's get really walks the line of good taste. <laughs> I would say, Slot machines, I so I, I don't know if it's ever gotten brought up, brought up, brought up on. I don't know if it's ever been brought up on uh, some of these other Vegas podcasts or, or whatever. But 
Um, there is a place where you can be, uh, you, you don't have to have any wokeness or um, uh, uh, any sort of um, tact when it comes to race or gender, and it's slot machines. Well, no, there are uh, two places. Uh, porn. What's it? Oh, porn, yeah, porn. Yeah. and slot machines. Yeah, really. I think no, we brought up nice. porn on the other podcast, but we didn't think about slot machines. Yeah, slot machines—you can do anything. Uh, anything is fair game. It seems like with slot machines, I walk past slot machines and like that can't—they can't be allowed to do that. Nope, it's fine. Yep, you can get away with all of it. It's—it's it's wild. All right, next one, uh, Tony. This one's called Joe Blow Gold. <laughs> Joe, Joe blows Blow Gold. gold. Nope, nope. Joe Blow Gold. This can't be a beer. Unless it's an Australian beer, because Joe Blow is like a like it's an everyman kind of a thing. Oh Joe Blow over there. He's it's just like I don't know. We talk about Joe Blow. We got Joe Blow. Joe Blow is a terminology here. Okay. Yeah, but I think it's a slot machine. I think it's like a generic miner um and like rocks and and pickaxes. Themed along with aces, queens, and kings because they're in every slot machine. Um, I'm going to go slot machine again. I haven't gone off that, but I just can't see this being a beer. Okay, you got that too right. There is a mining component. What is that? Is there? A, is Joe Blow mean something different no. out there? There's but, has like dynamite and chunks of gold and lanterns and shit. But in the this, game, is this an old one? Because we had this one, but I didn't know what it was called. Maybe you guys it. have this game. Yeah, I'll see if it's the same graphics. Um, yeah, they have. Uh, you you got why? I mean, there's why a lot of wilds. Obviously, that's slots. But yeah, you got TNT, lanterns, golds, old nuggets, pickaxes, shovels, shit like that. Yeah, we've. <laughs> oh no, it's it's um no, it's different to the one I was thinking of, but very, very similar theming. It's almost like they rename these machines and, and just change a couple of the graphics. Alright, how about this one, Tony? Here's another one. You're two for four. You're you're me and you are tied here. This one's called the Cashmanian Devil. Uh this is a cashmere based beer. I'm gonna go with beer. I know the obvious thing is to go slot machine like Cashmania, but I think it's like, you know, the hop cashmere with like some Australian hops in there. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go beer. I'm going to buck the trend. I'm probably going to regret this, but hey. Tony, you nailed it. Uh, It is a beer. That one might have been a little obvious. Uh, Cashmanian Devil. Uh, we do have a famous slot machine here, Cash Man, the Cash Man yeah. Bingo. It's one of those games that you can't ever. Yeah, you can't get up from the game though because you want to fill up. I'm almost the cards almost filled up. Yep. Yeah, and then you're fucked. And you've got to play uh, all the lines bear. to get all the bonuses, and you got to play all the lines. Oh. This is a Cashmere IPA, Strata Mosaic, and Citra in here too. Um. 6.9%. Tony says a 3.96. Not bad. Um, all right. Three for five. Next up, this one is called the Tropical Torpedo. 
Oh, dude. I hope you double-checked this one because this could be both. Um, I, I can see it as both. Like you get those tropical hops in the beer, but also like that tropical theming that we talked about earlier. It's got palm trees in it. It's got coconuts. It's got to have coconuts uh, if it's a slot mm. machine. Um it's going to have flowers, it's going to have wreaths, it's going to have uh, vaguely Hawaiian or Polynesian-looking girls in their hula scoops. Oh, I'm talking myself into it. It is a slot machine. I've talked myself into it. It's the hula skirts that have done it. Tony, you're wrong. It is oh. a beer. Tony, this was the dead giveaway. I did check torpedo. that it wasn't a slot machine. It is a Sierra Nevada torpedo. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Tropical. I know. I just couldn't give it up though. The the alluring of tropical was just too hard. I know. I know. I know. They always get you with that tropical theming, but uh, no, this time it is tropical torpedo. Is a beer by Sierra Nevada still? Um, hey, they seem to still make it. One of the lower rated torpedoes actually, three point six two. Uh, this one has Amarillo, Citra, Comet, El Dorado, and Mosaic. Yeah, I'm sure it's good, honestly. So yeah, whatever. and they're the only ones that do torpedo beers. They're the only one with that hopback technology. Thing that thing's amazing. Um, all right, next up, this one's called Hurricane Horse. <laughs> Hurricane. This makes Hurricane no horse. sense. Are you sure this wasn't made by AI? Uh, these game. I mean, slot machines are a great target for. Or some kind of AI intervention, yeah. sure. I mean, I mean, how, how, I wonder if, is the writer's strike impacting new slot machine development? I don't know, you know. <laughs> you reckon they, they weren't written by uh, SAG members? Um, oh, where do I place this? It's, it's too, it's too jarring to be a slot machine. I'm going to have to say beer. Don't know why it's too jarring to be a slot machine, because the names never make sense. But I'm going to go beer. I'm I'm getting you here, Tony. This one is a slot machine. Hurricane Horus is a slot machine. Oh, really? It, and it's another one that really doesn't make any sense. It's one of those ones that, again, has that not vaguely, uh, I would say, distinct Asian look about it. So it's got you know kind of ornate. Um, like uh, containers that hold gold coins yep. and gold figurines and stuff all over it, if that makes sense to you, Tony. Yep, some and references in fact, to Buddha even without actually making references to Buddha. There seem to be some, some very Asian-looking cartoonish characters quoting about this as well, so I'm not really sure... Um, but you do win using a lute, a drum, an amulet, a tail, or tile, and a horse. And uh, that's what it is. I don't know. I think this fits into the dancing drums category. You remember dancing drums, yep. Tony? I do. It's in that. It's in that realm. All right. So Tony, you're you're three up and four down Ooh. right now. We've got three left. The next one I've got for you is called. Boy, 
Well, much more straightforward as it gets in this beer house Oktoberfest. <laughs> that is a slot machine. I can see it already. The uh, cartoon beers, um, the barman. It's a it's a slot machine. Tony beer house Oktoberfest is a slot machine. Yes, right. baby. That is a dead on slot machine. Uh, this slot machine in particular, and including also another set that is called Heidi's Beer House, has a very a, a busty, a busty broad, uh, car- cartoon character in a urnal um, uh, serving up delicious pitchers of uh, you know whatever lager. But she's she's got well, the she's got the gun beer, she's got it? the guns out while she does it so yeah uh, it's all good yeah it'll be fest beer right in this case I think it's still lager I do not believe they colored the beer in any different it might be yeah so hey Hellesbach sure yeah. just, I'll just believe that it's great <laughs> let's um, dive into detail on a cartoon slot machine beer all right four and four right now Tony last couple here this one I got for you this one's called. Green gold. Green gold. It's too simple to be a slot machine. There's no sort of rhyming. There's no sort of cultural insensitivity. Uh, there's n- oh, but it is like bills and and gold. Oh, dude, this is this is tough. And of course, if I lose, I have to send a big donation to the uh, David Schaefer Legal Defence Fund. Um, That's right. You have to. Yep. Yep. Uh, you so you have to send ten. You have to send ten percent of your profits from this podcast to the David Schaefer. <laughs> okay, they'll be defense get, fund. They'll be copying a bill in. Um, right. I'm going to say that uh, this is a beer. Tony, you're right. This is the beer. Yes. Uh, I this one. Uh, was the best of both worlds because so many slot machines say gold, so many beers say gold, and so many slot machines say green. Yep. Not so many beers say green. But uh, one of my favorites, Tony, one of my favorite slot machines is called the Green Machine. And it's one of the all-time dumbest, but just, I mean, every slot machine is dumb because they're all just a random number generator. But this one just makes it very obvious to you. So... The reels spin around, and whatever lands on the reel, it literally just tells you how much money you won. So <laughs> it just will land on like hundred, and it means a hundred. It means you won a hundred, and or land on nothing, which oh. means you won nothing. Yeah, you know? I see it now. <laughs> Very that, easy. That's yeah. one of my favorites. Yep, gotcha. Uh, but Green Gold is a beer by Mickler. In fact, it is a classic West Coast IPA. Uh, and they say it is uh, a take on the classic West Coast IPA back from when they were just called IPAs. So, great point. Uh, all right, Tony, you're five and four. You can have this. If you get this one, you get to keep your over 500 state. Uh, this one is called, but you, and, and you don't have to send any money to David Schaefer, but if you lose this one, you have to send some money to, you have to buy some conservative dad beer um, okay. just for fun. Uh, so this one's called Tiki Fortune. Oh, 
I can't say it being a beer. This is, I can already see that, like, all the iconography. Uh, this has to be a slot slot machine. Um, yeah, playing that tropical music, um, tiki drinks, tiki mugs, um, lots of bamboo. I see it in my mind. It's a slot machine. You're right, Tony. I knew you would get this one right, so that's why I would never make you buy any conservative dad beer. Tiki Fortune is a slot machine. It does have, again, all these slot machines do have a hot babe on them. This one does have like, heads, you know, tiki, appropriated Polynesian imagery, I guess, right? Um, you got some, you know, lays, and we got some conch shells. Uh, Bert, there's lemons. I don't know why lemons. <laughs> um, you know, and so on. So, there you go. You got that right. Nice job, Tony. You had six out of ten. I thought that was a tricky game, so nice job. Way to survive that one. That was a tricky game. Uh, I thought I did quite well. And I just want to say, suck on that, Seth Weathers. Take that. Seth Weathers ain't getting a cent of our money uh, today. Anyways, I, <laughs> I I was really tempted for a while to just, like, get that beer and try it. But the idea of, like, I already know what it tastes like. Yeah. Right? We already know what that beer tastes like. There's no real. Yeah. You're no not che- checking that. that in on Untapped, uh, at Griff AD on Untapped. And I'm certainly not che- checking it in, although I was pretty close. St. Moz. On Untapped. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can do that at beerengineshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. We are at beerenginepod. Um, if you want to send us a tip, potentially to try and coerce us into um, giving money to ultra right-wing beer, you can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash beerenginepodcast. How is that, Griff? And, of course, if people want to join um, our Discord, you can do that by hitting either of us up somewhere on social medias or the easiest thing is going to our website, which you can just Google Beer Engine Podcast. We show up in Google. Um, Click going to the bottom of the page, clicking on the video game controller, and that will send you straight to our Discord. Don't go to the ultra-right beer untapped. Because it's just it's just a bunch of bad it's just a bunch of things you don't want to look at. Uh, some really bad some reviews. Of, so it's like it's um it's your liberal guys doing bad comedy, right? We love that. We already have that on Twitter. We already have like what's that guy Brooklyn Dad Defiant or whatever or Jeff um, Dworkin whatever getting out there and being Trump. It's, so it's Trump reply guys essentially who get out there and be like Mr. Trump sir. You are a great disrespect to this nation, or whatever. You're orange. Then it's also then it's the other guys also who are like, "This is some good American beer." You know, so you have all of it here. So if you don't want to get depressed, don't go to the ultra right conservative dad untapped beer page where they have 321 check-ins, 255 ratings, less ratings in fact than the very expensive fancy barley wine that I purchased. <laughs> and checked in, uh, which is funny to think about because um, the chick cost, you know, $35. So, Tony, nice job. Uh, if you want to join our Discord, make sure you do that. Come hang out with us and chit-chat with us. We will be back next week. Oh, and Tony, I wanted to give people our new motto for the show. <laughs> uh, uh, I forgot to say this, but uh, Tony made an especially funny comment on his last show. 
uh, with with Brian, where he called himself hungry for attention and friendship and not particularly funny. And I think I don't know a better way to describe the Beer Engine podcast. So come on down, uh, hang out with us on the Discord, chit-chat with us there. And we'll be back next week with some more of this particular brand of content. So long.